This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what is up? I So I went to the movies yesterday because yeah. it is... The, I, my local theater still does... Um, Discount movie Monday. It used to be $5. Now it's 8 But you get a free small popcorn. So still very well worth it. Um, I don't know if that's a thing in Cincinnati at all. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it feels small towny. Which I, I don't live in like a small town. But I don't live in a big city either. Um, packed. It is cinema back. We went. I usually just buy my ticket there. Because... Unless it's like a big Marvel movie everybody's talking about, like Infinity War or something. You just buy my ticket there because it never sells out. Mm-hmm. We went to go see Barbie. My fiance got in a pink dress, pink sunglasses, everything. And Barbie was sold out. So she wore that outfit to go see Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm sure there were plenty of people doing like the double header going to both movies that weekend. Barbenheimer, right? Right. Oh that was too much. It's too much. Oppenheimer's three hours. <laughs> You know what? But was it a three-hour movie that didn't feel like a three-hour movie? Yes, I think so. I do remember uh, what it feels like the climax of the movie happens at about the two-hour mark. And I remember kind of looking at my phone like, wow, is is this almost over? Oh, we got another hour. (laughs) But really good. Nine out of ten. Not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. It's definitely one that I'm probably not rewatching, even though I said like nine out of 10, one, three hours long Two, I mean, it's a historical biopic. There's no like big twist that makes you go like, whoa, I got to watch this again with that in mind. Um, unlike my favorite, second favorite Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. Uh, have you seen The Prestige? No, I'm a feeling oh my God. when it comes to movies. I'm not even going to. Hugh Jackman and um, Christian Bale are stage magicians. Okay. And I love it. it it's it's very serious, uh, but there's twists, turns. I like that premise didn't speak to me at all. Other than I was like, nah, I like Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, and I like Christopher Nolan. So I, I watched it and I was like, blown away. And I think it's my second favorite because I had the lowest expectations. Um, I haven't seen every one of them. I posted on Twitter and everybody's yelling at me to go see Memento, which I have not seen. But I like it more than Interstellar and Inception, which are commonly two people's favorites. And if I wasn't such a nerd, it'd be number one. But I love batman in the dark knight so that's gonna 
take number one for me. But have you seen either Barbie or Oppenheimer? No, my parents went to watch uh, Barbie and my mom told me I need to go watch it. So I, I hear it's really good. I know it's more. I think people are thinking it's going to be the Barbie pink. Everything is just fun, but it actually tells a really good story. So I am mm. going to go see it at some point. I actually want to see both movies, uh, but it's really cool. Honestly. Back, back. They said the box office was crazy all over the United States, so that's awesome. Um, the the Barbie one, yes. Both, uh, right? Oppenheimer, op yeah. For for like a rated R three hour movie, Oppenheimer's yeah. doing insane. Mm -hmm. But if you just like look at the numbers, it's like I think Oppenheimer's like fifty million opening, which or sixty somewhere around there. But that which is great for what it is. But Barbie's like three hundred million or something. <laughs> like let's not compare these head to head. One of these is PG and <laughs> like. Uh, a clean two hours and the other one's a three hour movie that you gotta be ready for. I was proud. I did not take a bathroom break. So I missed none of the movie. Uh, yeah. Great movie. There's, uh, I won't talk about it. I don't want to spoil it. It's not really a spoiler, but it just, somebody, an actor showed up near the end. I'll let you, whenever you see it, mm -hmm. I'm I think go you'll know. It. Okay. If you ever, if, when you see it, I think you'll know what I mean, but near the end, there's a, interesting actor that showed up that kind of took me out of the movie similar to interstellar sorry to spoil a 10 year old movie but when topher grace who is eric foreman shows up in interstellar i just kind of went what <laughs> what is eric foreman doing here <laughs> it took me out of the movie a little bit but there was one of those in oppenheimer which there's a ton of actors that you kind of go like i know that guy but this one was so much of like that's <laughs> blank no i absolutely love it and my favorite thing about it is I wish we would have had a whole movie segment this summer because there wasn't a whole lot going on for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now we get these two movies that come out. There's plenty to talk about there. And then there's news Cinemax everywhere. Back. Especially these are original movies too. Like, I don't know if Barbie's going to become a franchise of some sort. Yeah. That's how like everything goes. But it was kind of cool that it wasn't like, like all the other movies that came out this summer. And I appreciate all these franchises, but mm -hmm. like Indiana Jones 5, Fast 10, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, all these things are like, they're part of something bigger. And this is just like, hey, here's two original movies that are really well made and just come out. You know what I need to see back though? We'll f end the cinema segment probably soon because this isn't why people are tuning in. There's actually news to get to. We do actually have things to talk about, but we have more. What I want to see come back, and I didn't go see the Jennifer Lawrence one, but I want to see a return of like the in like in cinema comedy. I feel like that just doesn't exist anymore where you just go for like a 90 minute funny movie, you know, like when you Talladega Nights and those things, those things came out. Like those are now like direct to streaming service movies. And mm -hmm. that kind of gets lost for me. I don't know. I want to see a return of that because the last ones I remember were Game Night and Tag, those came out like the same time. And I thought those were both hilarious. I didn't see them in theaters, so, so I'm a bad fan. But I want to see a return of that. I feel like we don't get that anymore. We don't. We don't. But um, it is kind of wild. We had plenty to talk about with the movie weekend. But there's also a lot going on in Cincinnati. Uh, the rookies and quarterbacks reported over the weekend. Of course, Joe Burrow was there. And uh, he's kind of been in the news over the last couple of days. The body armor deal, endorsement deal. Joe doesn't do a lot of endorsements. And uh, he announced one today, which is good for him. You know, get that get that money on the side before you sign your big contract, too. Um, contract talk has been a topic of conversation because 
it's the one time a year that we hear from Mike Brown ownership. Um, we heard from Duke Tobin. Of course, we'll hear from Zach Taylor plenty this season, but heard from him, offensive coordinator, Luan Arumo. And it's just what they do the Monday before they start training camp. When this podcast comes out, it'll actually be the first day of training camp for the full team. We'll get to all the, the defensive side of the players, players who will be back for training camp. But first, I want to start with Joe Burrow because Mike Brown talked. And I would say some of the clips that were out on social media yesterday, a lot of people were getting discouraged. They were feeling like, oh, they're not going to spend the money to keep everybody. And it's just going to be this or that. And I feel like overall, Mike Brown was the same person he is every year. And he didn't really say too much. And that isn't a bad thing when they have said both sides are keeping things quiet when it comes to the Joe Burrow extension. Yeah. Um, and I think the Burrow extension is clearly going to be on a lot of minds because right as we record, Justin Herbert signs a five-year, $262.5 million deal. So now with Hertz and Herbert signed, you've got the benchmark. I do think I've always thought because of his playoff success mm -hmm. and even the regular season success, if you just look at pure numbers, I think you're what people don't love, the analytics community doesn't love. But when you look at like, passer rating and passing touchdowns and interceptions and all of that uh you you're looking at burrow probably the best of those three and then you add in he went to a super bowl he's had a lot of success in the playoffs he's shown up in big moments i think that leads to him being the most expensive of the three mm -hmm. but i need to look up jalen hurts's deal but i'm surprised that herbert signed kind of much under what I was expecting because I thought these guys were all going to try to push for 55 a year, um, which with 5262, that's 0.5. I'm just deleting. I'm just doing quick math real quick, not in my head because that's difficult. But that's 52, $52.5 million or so um, per year. That's under what I thought. I thought it was going to be 55 a year plus, and then Burrow would be the most expensive, which could push you to 57 or even 60 if the market went that way. Uh, I don't think he's going to push for $60 million a year anymore. Now, with the Bengals, sometimes you pay a little extra per year because they don't give all the guarantees, but I think they're going to give the guarantees to Burrow. Mm -hmm. That's like if this was about pretty much any other position, maybe not Jamar Chase. I think he'll get all his guarantees as well. But if this was about T Higgins, maybe you're thinking like, okay, well, um, similar receiver. Jalen Waddle signed uh, 23 a year or something. You might go like, well, I think T is going to push 25 just because Waddle's probably getting more guaranteed money. Um, but yeah, where I am on the Herbert thing was, ooh, that's it. I feel like five, 275 feels like a layup to me. Like, I, I'm taking that. I'm taking that easy. Well, it's it kind of – it benefits the Cincinnati Bengals, I will say, that obviously Joe was going to get paid more than, than Justin Herbert. But I will say it benefits them that Justin really didn't see a lot of playoff success. So I'm sure the Chargers yes. could have kind of put that in there too. And and I'm not – you know, Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. He's – I don't really want to rank where he is right now in the NFL, but some people might think he's a top five quarterback, and I don't think that's a hot take at all. Uh, but he's a really good quarterback. But I think that benefits because that number's going to be right there. And then tomorrow, Joe shows up to Paycor Stadium, and he's like, all right, 
It's my number. And they've had these discussions for months. They've been going on since they were allowed to have the discussions in January. They've been behind closed doors. They've been professional on both sides of the ball. And honestly, you can say the same thing about Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Um, they were really quiet how, how all of the quarterback deals have been able to get done on both sides of the ball. And that's totally fine. But I agree with you. When I saw, I was kind of, because I knew as soon as Adam Schefter, because I have the Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport notifications on right now. And as oh, soon as I saw the little alert thing, I said, it's going to be Justin. And I was afraid to look at the number because I'm like, oh no, what is it? What is it? Because obviously Joe's going to get more than that. But at the same time, we've said it on this podcast, Joe deserves every dime. Joe doesn't, doesn't need to take a hometown discount just so the rest of the team can get paid. Maybe Joe wants to. Joe was on NFL Live today. He doesn't do a whole lot of interviews and he doesn't really talk about this much. We've heard Jamar Chase say it during the Super Bowl um, media days when he was there uh, in Arizona. But Joe says, I am confident we'll be able to keep everybody. And that, he didn't have to say that. He could have said, you know, some other words or, you know, I feel good about it. But he said, I feel confident we'll be able to keep everybody about an hour and a half ago on NFL Live. And that's coming from the guy who is the domino effect of how all the other extensions are going to work. So I thought that was huge. You, you see that. You see Justin Herbert's deal. It really just feels like a matter of time. Maybe it's days. Maybe it's the end of the week or maybe it's tomorrow right before camp starts. But it really does feel like this is this is going to happen really, really soon for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, um, I think the Joe Burrow thing is interesting because it comes right after Mike Brown kind of was not completely dismissive, but throwing a little cold water on a T Higgins extension, just like, well, we'll see type thing, which doesn't mean no, but it doesn't mean yes, or it doesn't feel like, oh, wow, they must be close. Yep. <laughs> it, it feels like T has a number, the Bengals have a number, they're not meeting right now. It doesn't mean they're super far away, but it just means that they're not, it's not done. Um, and then Burrow says he feels confident to keep everybody. You want to keep the quarterback of the next, hopefully, 20 years, 15, I don't know. Yeah. Quarterbacks are playing longer and longer every all the time. All these They're not allowed to take hits and whatnot, so they could extend their careers like that. Um, but at least 10. Well, at least six, probably, because he's going to sign a five-year extension. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to say like 10, 15 more years of Joe Burrow. You want to keep him happy. And it feels to me like you – to keep him happy – you can you can let Boyd go, which I think we're all expecting mm -hmm. after this year, because you drafted Charlie Jones and a, a third wide receiver. You don't need a super high end guy there. It's a luxury and it's nice to have, but that's with the rookie contracts, not with all the guys get paid. Um, it feels like he's putting a little bit of pressure on Mike Brown in the front office to sign T Higgins, which he did do with Jesse Bates, but not as much just like a pay Jesse Bates. He's a good player type thing. This feels more like, Oh yeah, they're going to keep everybody right. And they kind of like look over at, at Mike Brown, even though the deal's not done. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll keep everybody <laughs> publicly just trying to say like, do that to keep me happy and want to stay in Cincinnati. And look, they love playing wide receivers. So it's possible. I mean, you look back and they didn't pay um, Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu after 2015. Uh, T.J. Hushmanzada eventually left to Seattle mm -hmm. at some point. I don't remember the exact thing there, but um, make the change. Make the change and 
pay the three most talented guys on the entire team, probably, at least for the next, if you're projecting for the next five years, I think these are your three blue chip players. Um, DJ Reader, currently a blue chip guy at nose tackle, but if you're looking three years in the future, you're probably going like, eh, maybe just below that. Maybe, maybe you know, like there could be a little regression on its way, even though I think he'll be good for a while. Uh, but yeah, do you think he's putting any pressure on the Bengals front office or do you just feel like he's just going like, yeah, he legitimately just feels confident they will pay everybody? I'm going to tease that because we have less than a minute in this first segment and there's more I want to talk about with the whole wide receivers paying them and then we're going to get to Cheeto. Really good news for him today. Um, really exciting stuff before they hit the field for training camp. He was cleared. Uh, to be determined on what that looks like, is he going to take it light? Is he going to go full go when it comes to those training camp reps? But we'll have more next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Going to continue this Joe Burrow discussion. Look, he hasn't signed on the dotted line, but when he does, we'll have more on the, the contract extension for Joe Burrow if and when that happens. Uh, as we mentioned before, Justin Herbert, the five-year deal is what we're really seeing. Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, that's what I'm – I'm probably could be happening with Joe Burrow. Is it going to be five? And then you count the fifth year option um, that the team already picked up means pretty much six years with Joe and uh, to be determined on what that looks like. They, they haven't uh, said anything publicly. It's all been behind the scenes, but when it comes to the wide receiver talk, I agree with you. Does that put a little pressure on the front office when your quarterback, your franchise guy, Mike Brown, who said wonderful, amazing things about Joe Burrow this past week uh, when it comes to him being the heart of the team. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, can, you know, can they do it? Will they be able to do it? You know, what do the guarantees look like for T Higgins? I truly feel like maybe those discussions have been light with his agent because again, we don't hear anything about the T Higgins stuff either. And then after Joe signs, those conversations pick up. Does it get done before the season starts? I don't know. Does he play on this, this one more year with the Cincinnati Bengals and then he's franchise tagged and he's back again in 2024? We'll see what happens. Yes, they have to pay Jamar Chase. Um, but I think the Bengals have been telling us something for the last couple of years. You look at the NFL draft this past year, they go heavy on the defensive side. I think a lot of people, when they were about to pick, oh, they should get the hometown guy who I've said on this podcast was like, yeah, get Michael Mayer, another weapon for Joe Burrow. They're like, no, we are going on the defensive side. And in the second round, we're going on the defensive side because might eventually have to replace Cheeto, who has one year left on his contract. Then they throw a curveball and they say, you know what, we're going to go defense again. And it was just something that I really noticed is you want to get younger on the defensive side of the ball because your core players, the people you want to pay, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, right ends on the wall, unfortunately, with Tyler Boyd. I just feel like and, and I hope he you know lands on another team and he's absolutely wonderful there, too, after this past season. But Charlie Jones feels like that replacement for him uh, going into the next season. But I, I just... 
I don't know. I Maybe it's a lot of optimism when it comes to hearing different people talk, but Duke Tobin, I don't know. I feel like he sold me at the combine when he's like, look, we're not trying to go and make other teams better. Go get your own. And not a lot of people have a T Higgins or two number one wide receivers on their team. And, you know, you hear it with what the Miami Dolphins will have to deal with next year. You know, will they hear that those conversations? How are you going to pay both guys? What's it going to look like? Um, it's going to be really difficult. Who's going to be their quarterback? Um, I, I don't know. I just feel like with the Cincinnati Bengals, it's really special and unique with what they have going on. And um, you can make it work. The cap is only going to grow larger and, and just take a benefit of a three to four year deal. Um, does T Higgins want to do that? I don't know. Um, but I just, I personally feel like they can make, they can make it work. They can make it work with T and Joe. Agree. Uh, if T Higgins keeps up, let's say a 1250 yard per season average, you obviously tag him the one time. Do you tag him the second time? It's only 20 million next year, isn't it? Yeah. And then it'll be what will probably push upwards of, 30 if you do it a second time i mean um, i mean i'd think about it though if, if you can make it work with the cap space and let's say you really can't get this deal done just extending that window another year if you really can't get this deal done mm-hmm. pref- i prefer you just pay him i do too but if if he says if he's that good or even if he takes a step up without boyd and let's say charlie jones takes that role which I know we are saying a lot. It is a little optimistic though, right? Like fourth, late fourth round receiver. Just, uh, I know we all love him, mm-hmm. but just look at the history of like late fourth round receivers. And you go like, if, if this guy is a good returner and an okay receiver that you're probably looking to replace, that's actually kind of a hit. <laughs> you're outside the top 100. I think top 100 guys, those are the guys you look at as like, that's a future starter. And then after that, you just kind of go like, that's gravy if he's good. Uh, like if he's as good as, or if he, not as good at, but if he, because, well, I think he's good, but um, let's say he has an Akeem Davis Gaither type role where he's just the backup everything, but he, they don't, they don't trust him enough to be the full-time starter. Is that a hit? I think so. I think it's still a hit, especially if he's the return man, because you're drafting the late fourth round. We just have such... We're looking at the optimistic side of all this, and it's great. I, I do, I do it a lot too. But it's just, I'm just want to not throw cold water on it, but just like a little bit of realism of this is entirely possible. It's mm-hmm. within the realm of it's not even ridiculous to assume he is going to take the Tyler Boyd role. Like I think that is a logical step, and that's what the Bengals are hoping for. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Charlie Jones, you probably also kind of go, okay. And if he doesn't, this can still hit. Like if he is just a very good role player this is still a hit um that's just my quick thoughts on it because we look at that we're like that and we say that and chase brown late fifth round pick and we just kind of go like yeah running back too you know maybe he could even be a starter we <laughs> don't like, know we really we don't, don't know I mean, it's running ex- back starter is also hard isaiah pacheco ruined the conversation because he was a seventh round hit and chris carson's a seventh round hit look at the history of seventh round running backs it's a lot of guys that nobody plays it's like these guys that never saw the field yeah, that whole that yeah that did ruin a lot of things. Like, oh, you can pick up one late in the draft; it'll all mm-hmm. work out. I, um, when I looked at the thing, it was like the hit rate for seventh round guys was like one percent, or like somewhere it was below five percent, and well, at least what I considered a hit. And then it felt like round three was the sweet spot where you could still find a starting running back lately that can really take a workload. Um, round four, round five, you can do it, but it, it's like a 
20, 25% chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at more, uh, kind of going back to the the Herbert deal and how it all impacts and affects everything. There's actually a little more detail um, that, oh. that, that came out. It says, um, there are a lot of big numbers in the Justin Herbert deal. Here's one. In year one, he's going to get $100 million, topping Whoa. the previous high of $80 million. Herbert also gets the 218 in guarantees. So he's getting $218 million in guarantees. Does that well, move anything for you? No. You're going to get a lot of guarantees. I'm surprised it's front-loaded a little bit. It like is front-loaded. Usually, usually every contract anymore is backloaded, especially quarterback. You backload it because you're going to get your money, but we're going to keep spreading this out because we're going to keep extending you and keep giving you the money. But, you know, like... Yeah, yeah like sure. the, the Watson. You know what I mean? Like, it move, sure, yeah. you're moving them. I think I think of Mahomes right now. It's yeah. like he didn't get a ton of money up front. It's like all in the back end of a 10-year deal. I mean, ridiculous. 219 million guaranteed to someone who hasn't even won a playoff game yet. I know I shouldn't put nah, it. But you've, you've got to be confident. He won right. rookie right. of the year. He's been good. He played through broken ribs last year. I don't want to poo-poo it too much. I, I Like, I think Joe Burrow is better. I know there's a there's a certain crowd that does not. But I think Joe Burrow is a better player. I just also think, like, you do have to. It's your franchise that, quarterback. It's your franchise, it's your franchise quarterback. quarterback. You're not going to find one better in the draft if you. No, you're not. At least you really don't have a good shot of finding a better one in the draft if you try to trade him. But to go with that or let him go in some capacity, which is just ridiculous, they would never let him go. So you have to pay him. Um, but with Herbert, I think you do. To me, I, I look at the coaching staff more than him on why they haven't won a playoff game i mean brandon staley is supposed to be a defensive genius from the rams and he was awesome with the rams that year but he has manned one of the worst defenses over the past three years despite getting khalil mack having joey bosa who these guys all get injured for whatever reason the chargers medical staff not going to completely blame them could just be bad luck but it feels like it feels like every year since i was a child that the chargers have some type of injury bad injury luck i think that guy still has a job which is absolutely wild. the one that stabbed tyron taylor yeah i saw he still had a job and, so, and i i mentioned something i i um you know behind the scenes i work in the medical field and i had i said on twitter i was like i can't believe this guy still has a job and people were like it happens all the time i'm like i know i see it all the time but at the same point this guy works in the nfl he can be replaced by anybody and if i'm the chargers players i'm like get get this assistant get this trainer out of here so yeah that's specific. would you would you have your fluid drained by him no <laughs> or whatever no i would be like can i just go to the um i don't know some, some i'm missing this week coach yeah, I, i'm gonna wait for this to heal naturally <laughs> no 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 um but they're so here's the thing when you know deshaun signed his contract there was the whole talk of everybody's gonna get guaranteed fully guaranteed his contract was five years, 262 yeah, for happen. Justin Herbert. Did not happen. It didn't happen. Lamar Jackson, it didn't happen. He won an MVP. Yeah. Didn't happen for Jalen Hurts, who just went to a Super Bowl. I would be surprised if Joe Burrow is the one that keeps this going. I think the NFL owners are kind of all together in saying, we're not doing that. Um, to go with that, I I mean, the quarterbacks, if they're going to get 200-plus guaranteed, it could be an ego thing. It could be something like that. But in my mind, I kind of go like, they, they'll they probably give up the last 50 million so it's not fully guaranteed. So there is, and then there's a difference between some quarterbacks. Some are like, I want to be the highest paid. I want to get the, I want to take the bag home. And then other people are like, look, I want to get a nice chunk of change, get paid my worth. 
but I also want to keep my supporting cast around me. So I'm not going to take all your money right now. So I, if, when Joe signs, that's what's going to be intriguing. What does it look like in the front? Is it more backloaded for him? Um, you know, is it balanced out? How does it impact everything? So that's what I'm looking forward to. When we see the number, what it all looks like for those, I, I it just feels like a five-year thing. It really does. If it's mm -hmm. longer than- Which is essentially a six-year deal because yeah. you use the first year and then you tack five years on as an extension. Yeah, and that is totally fine. Because if you're if you are Patrick Mahomes right now, which again, we've talked about before, they're probably going to revisit that one. I'd be like, oh man, you guys owe me some money. You owe me some money right now <laughs> because uh, that's not, but then they have uh, Chris Jones who wants $30 million a year. So it's- He just, deserves it too. You think so? 30 million? Man, I think he's the second best defensive tackle today. in the league. You don't? Yeah. I, I think he's- what, probably a top five defender in the league? 30 years. How many years? 30 million per year. I don't know. I'd have to see how old he is. My gut said like four. Okay. All right. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was awesome in the AFC Championship game, wasn't he? <laughs> like, I'd pay him whatever he wants. You know what? He was. If if they didn't have Chris Jones out there, they they wouldn't be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, mm -hmm. That is 100% sure. You're right. You know what? I rewatched that game and it's Why? just like, they, well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm over it. I'm over the pain. So I want to see what, what, de what they did defensively. And I thought it was actually kind of, I think Spags is a good defensive coordinator. Now, was it made a little easier because three guys were hurt and the center wasn't feeling great? Yeah. But, you know, I think independent of that, still a good game plan. He didn't blitz, you know, he's like, I'm going to rush for it. I'm going to do it interestingly. And then he wasn't afraid to play man coverage, even though he kept his safeties over the top. Some guys are still afraid to play man coverage on the Bengals, and he wasn't. He was like, get physical with those guys, beat them up. He's smart. And yeah, it, it was, they got dunked on, sure. Mm -hmm. You can think of the T. Higgins dunk, the Jamar Chase dunk. But I think it also helped him because it ruined the timing because these guys are getting into him. They're ruining the timing of these routes. Burrow has to hold that ball, even if it's just a quarter of a second longer. Chris Jones was in. Incredible in that game. I mean, he was. they basically took Ted Karras and they said, slide to Chris Jones on every snap, which is what they did in the regular season matchup. And it worked a little bit because Alex Kappa can handle stuff a little better than uh, Max Sharping. But <laughs> um, it also, they did a better job of with the slide, like actually blocking Chris Jones, physically blocking him and just, we're going to waste all our, not waste, but we're going to use all our resources to block Chris Jones. And they tried that. And Chris Jones is just like, I'm going to be unblockable. Like, you're going to slide the center to me. I'm going to beat the guard, and then I'm going to push the center aside, and then I'm going to go hit the quarterback. And he did it, like, nonstop. It was just yeah. – I'll believe And then everybody else has one-on-ones because you're trying to put everybody on Chris Jones. It was I just like oh. – I could live without seeing Chris Jones get anywhere near Joe Burrow again. Yeah, send him to, I don't know, um, Tampa Bay. You know what? No. I hope the Chiefs have to give him $45 million a year. Just – <laughs> how are you gonna pay your? How are you gonna pay your interior? We'll talk about you know nobody else. Has Caps all fake. That's nobody all. has to answer those questions except for the Cincinnati Bengals when it comes to paying these players. Um, it is absolutely crazy because I was watching NFL Live earlier. Joe's on it. Of course, Joe's gonna get asked about the contract. Then right before we recorded, they were talking about the Bengals again, and they were talking about how they're gonna pay everyone. And it's just it's it's great that they're getting the attention, but there's a lot of conversation, and there are other teams that are gonna have to deal with that. It's, you know what? Another thing is crazy about the T Higgins stuff. Everybody wants to say T. Higgins, who outside of Cincinnati, want to say he's like a top 20. He wouldn't be a number one on another team. And then when it comes to how the Bengals are going to pay T, they're like, oh, no, he deserves uh, uh, 
the, the I don't know, just the absolutely most a crazy wide receiver contract because they're like, oh, yeah, they wouldn't be able to pay that. It's just mind blowing uh, where people have T Higgins. Yeah. And, and I think he's a I think he's number one on a lot of teams. He's a top 10 receiver for me, uh, but he's, he, he, he is the exact receiver I love. I love those big guys that can move better than you think. Um, you know, like try to think of guys, but you, you know, like Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey type guys that are huge. They, they can soar over the top. They can dunk on you, but then they also, they're underrated route runners. I think that's the best part is that he is a very underrated route runner. He moves well. I think some people have never updated their thoughts on T Higgins. It's changing more and more by the year, but I think you always hear somebody spouting off an uninformed take about how like, ah, he's just a jump ball guy type thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I don't know, but to go with that, what's the difference between having to pay Joe Jamar and T and the chargers having to pay, say Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater and well, they paid JC Jackson. They've paid Joey Bosa. They've paid Derwin James, uh, you know, like all these guys, like just because it's two wide receivers to yeah. me, I, I see that. And I just kind of go, you pay your blue chip guys, right? Like, I know the Chiefs let Tyree Kill go and they were they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's not easy. And you look at what happened with the Packers trying to do that type of thing. Yeah. And it didn't work. Um, and they lost the quarterback in the process. But normally they originally and were going to keep paying Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey. Like just because it's the same position twice doesn't make that much of a difference for me. I yeah. Jalen Hurts, you're gonna pay Jalen Hurts, Jordan Mylotta, and Lane Johnson. I mean, that's two of the same position group, right? Two tackles. It's just like, that's that's ridiculous. Then they pay an A.J. Brown. And, you know, we used to, I don't know. When I just think about it, I just kind of go like, yeah, it's whatever, like $100 million for three guys or whatever it ends up being. If I think that's what people keep complaining about, $100 million for three guys for the cap. A, you're probably going to play a little sudoku with Mm -hmm. that or it's not going to be a hundred million dollars every year no it's going to be some cap hits happen somewhere some cap hits happen elsewhere but then b it's just three guys like if you have three elite talents and one's a corner a wide receiver and a quarterback nobody bats an eye about yeah you pay all three but because it's three guys on the offense and two of them are wide receivers like oh you can't pay that yeah this has been done before it's marvin harrison reggie wayne peyton manning kurt warner tory holt Isaac Bruce. Uh, it's like this. This is not unheard of. It's a, it could be a defensive player, as you mentioned before. What if Chris Jones was on this team and he wants thirty million dollars? And you're oh yeah, there's an easy one. Million. You want to pay Chris Jones, right? You pay Chris Jones. You're paying Patrick Mahomes, and you're paying whoever you want to put like Travis Kelsey. You're putting no, which you're tight ends are a little. I think Travis Kelsey's always a little underpaid, he but is. you're going to pay Creed Humphrey, right? You're going to pay Trey Smith. You're, you're already paying Joe Tooney. You just gave a giant deal to Jawan Taylor. How's that work? No. It works. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes we get a little too caught up in this type of discussion. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Yeah, we're we going to move, move on, on because Joe Burrow, and I feel very comfortable saying this, I feel like that contract extension is coming very, very, very soon, and we could do three segments on that. But the good news is um, Joe is talking to the media today. You sound really confident. They get back to training camp tomorrow when we're recording this on a Tuesday. It's technically that day that they report, and the Bengals got more good news today. We'll get to that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
we are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Plenty of Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert signed his extension, and it feels like the dominoes are going to fall. Training camp is finally here. Thank goodness. Um, can't wait to get to some training camp storylines. But um, just fantastic news for the Cincinnati Bengals today. They announced that uh, Cheeto is off the pup after being there, I want to say, about 48 hours, maybe 72. Uh, they, and I and I wasn't even surprised because you can take a player off there at any point um, during right. this time uh, period. In the Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the during training camp ish. Training camp, what preseason too, right? Yeah. It's once the regular season starts, pup is like what six weeks. It is. It is. So yeah. that's when you get it gets a little tricky. But they decided, hey, you know what? Cheeto's really good to go. We watched some of those videos when they were there for mini camp, and Cheeto was on the side and was like, oh, maybe Cheeto is going to be good to go. But don't rush him back because he's a corner. He obviously tore his ACL on Halloween night. Everybody remembers that game and was able to. Uh, I mean, it seems like if you're clearing him and, and he's good to go to, to be determined on what it looks like for training camp, if he's still going to take it pretty slow or if he's going to go heavy with the rest of the secondary. But um, I thought that was awesome news for Cheeto today. I agree. I, I'm surprised actually a little bit. Just, I think this means I'm not going to fully guarantee he starts week one, Mm -hmm. but this is certainly positive news for that regard. Now I will reiterate like I've done all year. Don't expect 2021 Cheeto to start the year. I think you just have to give him a few weeks to shake off a little rust and feel confident in his knee Joe Burrow went through it, you know, like he wasn't as good early in that year as he was late in that year. If you remember that, which they also took it easy on him, but you know, just guys that take a year long injury and a serious injury, like an ACL, just give them till about the year mark before you kind of start expecting high quality play out of him. Not to say he's going to be bad. I'm just saying if he's a little under where he was previously, that's okay. That's that's perfectly fine. Now, if he's terrible, you're like kind of go like, oh, hold on. But I don't expect that. I expect him to play pretty well. I just, I'm not personally expecting him to play at the level he did in 2021, which was Pro Bowl caliber play, I would say. I wouldn't say all pro level, but I'd say Pro Bowl level for sure. I think of um, just even this past season, early in, in the year, I, I want to say it was the Atlanta game. I could be wrong. It could have been um it could have maybe it was the Kansas City game. How am I mixing both of them up when he stopped the player at the goal line because of the hit? Oh, are you talking about Atlanta? Atlanta. Why did I think it yeah, was Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slammed Kyle Pitts down. I think scored one touchdown all year and that yeah. was one of the ones he couldn't get. <laughs> right there. I mean, Cheeto comes flying in and I'm like, right. okay, this dude is is absolutely amazing. And we we had discussions on the podcast when we were thinking about the MVPs on the side of the defense. And I've said it numerous times. I'm like, oh, Cheeto or DJ Reader, which I would. And at, well, at that point, Reader had missed a few weeks. So I think Cheeto was the answer for both of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody could roll the tape and see I'm lying. I, but I'm not lying. I just would have forgotten. <laughs> but if I'm looking back, I know Reader was awesome once he came back and he was awesome all year. But at the point Cheeto got injured, you could look at it and go like, well, Reader missed a few weeks. So considering that, I think you can look at Cheeto as you know, the high watermark of the defense at the time because he was still giving you Pro Bowl level play. It wasn't down from 2021 and uh, he missed no time. Now, it just happened. He had a bad injury, but... I think I think by the end of the year in the playoffs is where it's going to be most important. And that's where I think he – where I'm expecting around Pro Bowl level play again. 
Yeah. At least I'm expecting high-end starter play. I think about – I watched the clip of it the other day because I haven't watched the whole Super Bowl. Um, I, I just can't go back and rewatch it. But I, he, when he had that – when he had that interception, yeah, I mean, it just felt Jesse like Jesse Bates and him both had those interceptions. It was well, his Bates's interception was nice and all, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a great play. It was. I don't want to take anything away. Yeah, I think it was actually a better play in a vacuum than Cheeto's. But when Cheeto caught the interception, I remember thinking okay. the Bengals were going to win. It was the third quarter. I mean, everything. Third quarter, he just and scored. If they went and just scored a touchdown. I think they would have won. I think it would have been too much, but. But it's okay. We're not, get it. we're not going back. Uh, it was just a Cheeto. It was a Cheeto um, highlight that I had remembered, and 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 just overall, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely huge that Cheeto's there. Look, this is more, and I hate to say this to people, but I just want to be realistic. This is more than likely Cheeto's last year in Cincinnati. They drafted yes, DJ yes. Turner for a reason. He's going to go get paid, and I hope I hope Cheeto gets paid the bag because he just mm-hmm. had the season of his life with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hey, season and a half, and this would be two and a half seasons of really high quality play. Yep. Like it's not just one season contract year. Like once he signed the deal, he didn't have a, I just got paid lazy year. No. He had a, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show Dallas what they're missing. I'm going to yep. show the Bengals that they've got a steal. I'm going to play up to this deal. And look, I, I think he was awesome. I think he's been awesome. I think he'll be awesome at least by the end of the year and into the playoffs. And if you're going to play high quality play, do it in the playoffs, right? And yeah. that's where you get noticed. That's where everybody's going to be watching you. And all the teams that might want to pay you are going to be watching you in the playoffs. They're not going to be watching week one Bengals Browns. No. <laughs> At least, well, they might, but it's not going to be the general manager, head coach. You know, they've got other things to worry about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he gets a giant bag. It's probably not from Cincinnati unless I always come up with a scenario on how these guys get paid. I mean, if he is like the best corner in the league right away, maybe you do pay him. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the cap is only, it's only going to get. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's only going up. It's only going up. We'll worry about it later. You know what? The Cincinnati Bengals put 20 million of their own money into Paycor Stadium renovations and mm-hmm. making it, you know, just adding more to it. Now, maybe the Taylor Swift money came in. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, 20 million during a year where you have to pay some guys. Great work on them. Uh, but, yeah, with Cheeto, I hope he has a great season. It's really exciting that he's going to be, um, you know, back out there. He's cleared. But to be determined on week, what week one looks like, we are going to be down to, like, it's going to be a month away. We're about five, six weeks away from the opener. So uh, to be determined what that looks like. Leo Collins is still someone they are taking their time with. Look, that one I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. Lyle is going to start the season on the pup. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Mm-hmm. Three things with Lyle. One, he's older. Actually, four things. Two, he's heavier. And that's always harder on your lower extremities, obviously. Three, the knee injury was worse. He tore more than just the ACL. And then uh, four, I had something. I already forgot it. But but I said older, heavier, worse injury. Oh, and later in the year. It happened later in the year. So those four things are working against him compared to Cheeto, where I would be surprised if he's out there week one, even if – he's not starting and they just want to ease him in as like the sixth lineman. I'd still be surprised. I'm kind of, what do you think? Like week four, week six, somewhere in that range is what I'm kind of expecting from him. Also, he was injured all last year. He was. And you don't, maybe his back is getting a break, Mm -hmm. but he's not getting to just R and R right now. He's got to do a ton of rehab, which isn't fun. 
So Lyle was one of the people that um, stayed in Cincinnati to work out between when minicamp ended and training camp, which is here. And I think personally for him, the most important thing, I, I said it on a podcast with someone else earlier this week, and I said, I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals were one offensive lineman or one healthy offensive lineman away from two Lombardis, or at least one for sure. And that is the most, besides the secondary that we just talked about, and obviously having Cheeto there in the end, that stuff is extremely important in January. Um, health. You obviously want as many guys as healthy as possible, but the offensive line was brutal. It was brutal in the biggest games of Joe Burrow's career, the AFC Championship game twice, because I'm going to count the one when he went to the Super Bowl if we look back at that offensive line. And then you look at the one last year with the injuries. Um, it's so important. If, so, if someone like Lyle can be available uh, for the back half of the season, we don't know what that looks like when it comes to the health of the offensive line. Or maybe Jonah's not working out at right tackle, or maybe Cordell Volson is struggling at guard, and you're set, you say, you know what? I'm going to flip Lyle into guard. You know, you want to put your yeah. best players out there. That's what's extremely important for me personally. It just really feels like he's going to be a part of the team. And I think that's absolutely huge. Um, he's another one everybody feels pretty optimistic about right now. But obviously the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take it slow with him. And I am totally fine with doing that. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get to some of the camp battles right now. And some of the things we're probably going to hear as the rest of the players hit the field. It's the best shape of their lives. This guy's the MVP uh -huh. of camp, the sleeper of camp. Su the superlatives, uh, I think, is what we could call. Yes, let's do it. Bit. Okay. Who is in the best shape of their life? Jackson Carmen. Oh, that's the layup. Okay, I'll, I'll find somebody else. Um, man, it happened to T. Higgins twice in a row, which is kind of weird because mm -hmm. it usually doesn't happen to those guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go with top of my head i think i think man jackson carmen's so easy i'm gonna yeah. go i think i think i think people might say it about cordell Wilson. just not even best shape of his life but oh wow look at that body transformation or he looks different because he did look a little bit different in that one softball uh clip or were they hitting baseballs i don't even remember but off season swinging a bat yeah 100 percent. now we have to go to the sleeper Okay. Uh, sleeper, Irv Smith. Oh, man. Now I'm, thinking, now I'm taking the layup. <laughs> no, you want, no, 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 no. That's a really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of outside of the offensive line because it just feels so easy to point to the offensive line for all of this. But then a playmaker would be good for that. Um, sleeper, mm -hmm. it's going to... It's going to connect with rookie because I know it's easy to say okay. it's going to be the rookie. Uh, I, think it's, I think we're going to hear about uh, Chuck Sizzle. It's going to oh, okay. It's going Charlie to be Jones? Early. I think for the superlative of, wow, this guy's blowing us away at camp, is Andre Yossi for us. I think there's, he's just going to make some big catches and yeah, show off the athleticism. Do you have anybody for that? Oh, the guy who just stepped up. Oh, ooh, goodness. I feel like I'm going really easy when it comes to rookies. Chase Brown? Yeah. Might be someone? I was thinking of that too. Remember the Chris Evans one? <laughs> it was always like, Chris Evans is, wow, he's blowing us away. He looks the part, all that stuff. Um Ah, do we have anything else or should we get to camp battles? Camp battles. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so start with, I think the easiest one, Jonah Williams, Jackson, Carmen, And if Collins could be healthy, but we just did, talked a lot about that. I don't think Collins is in the week one battle. I think it's Jonah Williams versus Jackson, Carmen. Yeah. And I think it's going to be Jonah Williams. Um, I agree. I, I, there's nothing against Jackson, Carmen. Um, look, I, if, if Jackson, Carmen can outperform Jonah Williams at right tackle, then great. 
put the best players out there to help win football games. That's the only thing that matters. And they're going to do that. It's not a favorite player or anything like that. They drafted Jonah's replacement while he was still on the team, or they uh, picked up Jonah's replacement as he was still on the team. So they do not care about that. They want to put the best guys out there. But I just feel like Jonah Williams, um, you know, he, he's been really working hard on, on that side and, and just knows, and he even said it to the media, like, look, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to compete at right tackle. And I'm all about it. He has a good attitude. And, um, yeah, Jonah Williams. The other big one to me is just Nick Scott and – Jordan Battle, and maybe you could throw Dax Hill into that, but I think they're going to start Dax Hill just sunk cost type thing of like, well, even if he doesn't look like one of the best three, as long as he's close, they're going to play him because first round pick, you got to see what you got. Uh, so I'll say Nick Scott versus Jordan Battle, and I'm giving that to Nick Scott. I mean, I feel less confident about that than I do Jonah Williams, but I do feel pretty good about it. It's just for me personally what Louie Aruma said in the past. Look, rookie DBs. In, in the perfect world, Cam Taylor Britt wouldn't have played his rookie year um, that much. Wouldn't have played that much. I, I don't want to say that. because It was injury related. Yeah. Well, actually, though, he was on his way. If you remember, Eli Apple got benched at halftime of the You're Falcons right. game. You're right. You're right. And it was kind of coincidence that, you know, Cheeto gets hurt and Apple stays on the field. But I think Apple was kind of getting worked to the bench a little bit for the rookie. And I want to take a little bit back what I said. I don't want that to sound negative towards Cam Taylor Britt because I'm pumped about him. He is so mm -hmm. fun, and his year two should be absolutely awesome. And him getting those reps, unfortunately, Cheeto had to go down, and, and that's the way it worked out for him. And it yeah. could have been different. It could have been Cheeto and Cam Taylor Britt last year, but it just worked out that way uh, for them. And I'm I'm very excited to see more of Cam Taylor Britt. What does that look like with Cheeto, um, at a healthy Cheeto, and Cheeto's ready to go, and, and he feels okay out there? I think it's exciting, really great for the secondary. Uh, but but yeah, I, I would just say, you know, it's not Lou's favorite thing to do. And he's admitted it before um, when it, when he was in Miami. He didn't he didn't want to put a guy like a rookie out there in the secondary yeah. right away. And um, I, I don't think that's what they want to do. Could we see certain moments and games um, maybe midseason or at different times because Lou is a genius? 100 percent. He could put him out there and maybe get him some reps and get him comfortable because you never know when somebody's going to go down and you have to start your rookie. So. You know, maybe he'll surprise us and we'll see it. But I do. I think it's going to be Nick Scott. Do I think it's going to be they're picking up right where they left off without Jesse Bates and Von Bell? No, I think it's going to be some learning curves. We still haven't seen Dax Hill really out there in the safety position at all in this defense. So um, it's going to take some time. But, yeah, I would say Nick Scott. But we're going to hear so much about Jordan Battle and Nick Scott. We sure are. Yeah. And I think the other part that's working for Scott is – to me, I want to put a guy out there that's been in the NFL with Dax Hill because Dax Hill ha doesn't have the experience playing True. all of this. I, I think he fits pretty well with Dax Hill. He plays a lot of deep stuff, so Dax Hill can do what he did in college a little bit, play underneath, do that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think you probably don't want to start two rookies, at least at the start of the year. Like, if Jordan Battle takes over in Week 10 and there was a Nick Scott, like, two-week injury, and Jordan Battle came in and he was great, and Dax Hill has settled in. I think you probably just roll with battle. Mm -hmm. But if there's no injury or anything, I, I don't know. I could see Nick Scott starting all year. Got to remember, Jordan Battle, late third-round pick. I mean, he's really impressed, and they had a second-round grade on him, and Nick Saban loved him. And he started for the Alabama defense as a freshman. So did Jonah Williams. Uh, but uh, the – yeah. Well, um, so I think he's – I think he's a high-floor guy. I think he's going to be good. I just – I think it's Nick Scott because Nick Scott has played – 
in high moment situations, he mm -hmm. started that Super Bowl and he played pretty well in it. He was better in the other playoff games, I think, but he wasn't bad in that Super Bowl. And he started all last year for the Rams. And I mean, personally, I thought he was as good, if not better than Taylor Rapp, at least for what the Bengals are going to want him to do. And I think a lot of Bengals fans want Taylor Rapp. Two quick camp battles yes. that I think I'm even more confident on who's going to win that. Brad Robbins over Drew I Christman. Was just about even though I, I think Drew Christman's an awesome guy. I love what he's doing with DoorDash and everything like that. Um, I hope he makes the practice squad as the backup punter and they I keep paying him. But you drafted a punter, he's going to win that job. Unless, I guess, I, I mean, I guess Jake Elliott lost the kicker job. Ooh, isn't that <laughs> well, always, He's still and then And then won a Super Bowl that <laughs> same year as a rookie kicker. Um, but eh, what is what it is. We wouldn't have Evan McPherson if right. we had Jake Elliott. Uh, so I think Brad Robbins wins that job. I'm like 90% confident, if not more, in that one. And Trent Taylor versus um, Chuck Sizzle, Charlie Jones, for the punt return. I think it's job. easy. And I think it's easy. I think it's going to be Charlie Jones because you're not going to cut your fourth-round pick. Yeah. I, I guess another one could be, what, Trent Irwin versus Charlie Jones for outside receiver? But. Uh, Trent Irwin made plays. Trent Irwin, I think people are. I think people are underrating Trent Irwin. I see some people say you might cut him. I'm like, I would not cut this guy. It's it's a recent. It, it, it's because of the AFC Championship game when Tyler Boyd he was forced into the slot. He's six yeah. two, two hundred something pounds. Like he's not a slot guy. Height, plenty of time. Well, I, I guess that's how big Boyd is. But Boyd, Boyd, Boyd's great change of direction guy. Trent yeah. Irwin's an outside guy to me. You know, he's yeah. not the best change of direction, but he makes he makes plays. He's a good receiver. Yeah, no, I I um I agree with you. I think Trent Irwin's going to be on on the squad. I yeah. I think it's going to be Charlie versus Taylor, to be completely honest with yeah. you. Yeah, I think and I think that's like a one to one comparison. Yeah. Punt return backup slot. Hey, and your future at slot receiver. Yeah. So they're one hundred percent. I think he's going to be more of a special teams guy, but uh, and hopefully that's the case because that means all the wide receivers are healthy. One to hit one more. Yeah, Do you ahead. have any guys that could be an unexpected cut? Sheesh. I wouldn't say unexpected, but could be a possibility, even though I like him for depth. Um, it, this is terrible to say. I'm going to say Hakeem. That's that's a terrible unexpected. That's not unexpected for Bengals fans. I know. I know. But it I, is a little bit for – I'm not saying unexpected. I think he's bubble. I, I know. Bubble. I shouldn't – that's a terrible – But I think, he has a, I think he has a decent shot to make the team. I'm not saying these guys won't find a home anywhere else. I'm just – no, I picked a terrible one. Give me one. I picked a terrible one. I was trying to think too fast, and Hakeem isn't a good one. I think there's a few. I think Trey Hill could lose the job to Ben Brown. I think that's a true camp battle for backup center. Um, I think – I think oh, – unexpected. Would a Marcus Bailey-Joe Batchy cut if they only want to keep four linebackers be unexpected tell me what they're doing with logan wilson not that he was going to replace logan wilson yeah. or anything like that but i just need all the depth in the world at linebacker <laughs> well i think you're hoping those guys make the practice squad if they do end up getting cut i think a real surprising one if he doesn't show enough would be tyson anderson fifth round pick last year because he didn't get much run last year <laughs> with the injury i'm hoping he makes a team i think he's i think he's got a lot of athleticism high potential special teamer and maybe could even play on the defense, but yeah, that's, that's one that could kind of be a little surprising. Um, if DJ Ivy shows everything, do they do they cut Jalen Davis? Do they cut? Yeah, uh, they just what sign Sidney Jones? Do they do they cut him? It's I think that could be a surprising. There's no big surprise though. Like I don't think they're gonna Max Sharping. 
that could be a surprising a little bit cut. Although I think Bengals fans are sour on him as well. They want to bring the commanders uh, guy back home who was just, Oh, you know, you know uh, what uh, the commander. Oh, Norwell. Yeah. Andrew Norwell. If you sign Andrew Norwell, I mean, he's going to compete with Cordell Volson for that starting yeah. left guard job. I think. Nobody but, wants to talk about that, but, uh, uh, but uh, the real surprising cover Bengals fans though, that I'm almost kind of expecting Chris Evans. <laughs> you know, I think everybody's moved on. I think, it, the hype, they? I think the hype has moved on. Okay. I think it has. I think, Chase Brown's going to take the hype. I think people finally listened when I said on the podcast, look, that opportunity in the Super Bowl was missed. and uh, That's such a domino effect, too, because they were trusting him, and then he just gets rerouted by Ernest Jones, and he just didn't see the field again, really, on meaningful snaps. It's like it, it's almost like that's the one thing we needed you to do. It's like if you can't do that, we're just rolling with P. Ryan. Yeah, and, and they didn't. P. Ryan was – Stepped up. He was good. He was. I miss Pete Ryan. Uh, but uh, but yeah, mine was a terrible. Hakeem, people don't expect that. People wanted him gone last year like five billion times. So, uh, or not even last year, the year before when he, when he was out there. But uh, I still think. Gotta he's- remember, he's not supposed to be out there. He's not. Isn't it? Okay, we're going to move on and we are going to end this podcast. But there's one more thing I'm going to say. It is absolutely insane that Joe Burrow had that offensive line against the Rams. Yeah. I mean, do you ever like watch back and two of them – I think Quentin Spain was pretty good all year. Yeah. But he did he I think people forget he was carted off the field You're against right. the Chiefs. And I don't think he was healthy at all for that playoff run, but he's gutted through it so that they wouldn't be down another starting offensive lineman. Be kind of looking like oh, Quentin Spain doesn't have a job, even though I think he maybe should. Um Fred Johnson started in that game. Doesn't have a job. If Hakeem Energy gets cut, it's kind of like, ugh, who? That was your I, line. There might be somebody out there who signs him, but that's almost like Fred Johnson, where it's like, he might not find an NFL job. So then three out of your five stars. Four. Trey Hopkins started that game. He doesn't, he's on the NFL. Like Jonah Williams would, we're very close to Jonah Williams being the only guy left in the NFL two years later from that Super Bowl. That's why it's impressive what he Joe was able to do um, and, mm-hmm. and almost win the game. Almost had the walk-off. Uh, to Jamar Chase, and he saw him. Uh, but no, we're not going back. We're moving on because training camp is officially here. We will have your mailbag questions. We went over about 10 minutes on this podcast. There's plenty to talk about, which I'm fine with that. Hopefully, the next time we talk to you guys, there's more news maybe in the, you know, on the extension side. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, do you have anything going on on All Bengals coming soon? I think relatively soon I will write kind of like an entire – defensive and offensive pre preview of what to expect and review of what they did last year but i haven't done that yet i'm actually just currently i've been watching defenses just like what are like the real interesting defensive coordinators doing which is actually why i went back and watched that afc championship game as related to I'm going to watch Steve Spagnolo because I think he's a great defensive coordinator and let's see what he's been doing. Please stop putting Lou and Arumo highlights on your Twitter because Patrick Mahomes follows you now and um, we don't you know. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I can't, I couldn't believe it. I, I saw the notification and I went, okay, that's the Chiefs fan, right? And I click it and it said like 2.4 million followers. And I was like, yeah, this no. is, this is the real Patrick Mahomes. Had to no. take a screenshot. Want to let everybody know. Oh, he you can let it. That's a flex. That's a flex. No, no, he he has he has unfollowed. It's okay. <laughs> you know what? I think I think it was an accident. Like maybe if it was a burner or something, maybe he thought he was on a burner. Maybe it was something related to that, or maybe he meant to mute me. 
which I've never no, actually no, no, no. He probably went to go click on one of your videos of the breakdown of uh, the Chiefs. I think team. it does mean he has seen me on Twitter, though. Yep, yep. He had to get there for a reason, but um, good. I don't want him to see any of the loose secrets. So, uh, he's so, on a burner doing it. Yeah, he's on his burner doing it. Uh, but no, that's a flex. He followed you for a while. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll always have the screenshot, and I will treasure that. You should. And speaking of Twitter, make sure you follow Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. We'll have plenty to talk about on Thursday after training camp, two days in the books. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.